Well, hello, hello again, friends, and welcome back to What Leaders Want. I'm your host, Jay Delling, and it's here that we peel the proverbial onion back on how leadership makes the world go around. Today's podcast is sponsored by Canadis 3, the experts in leadership development, coaching, and consulting. Canadis 3 develops people into leaders of people. So our guest today is Alex Baldwin, president of the Corn Ferry Tour, and the very first female to lead one of the PGA Tour's six global tours. Alex, thanks for stopping by to talk about the impact leadership has in professional golf and to talk about leadership in general. Welcome. Thank you, Jay. It's a pleasure to be here and appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So, Alex, how does a young woman from the southern New England state of Connecticut who grew up playing a lot of basketball, field hockey, and lacrosse wind up leading arguably the second best professional golf tour in the world? It was um, a lot of great people uh, along the road. It was a lot of ambition. It was a drive. It was a real passion for sports and seeing an opportunity um, in an industry that I loved as a kid growing up. Um, it wasn't sort of my my, my fandom of sports was broad. Um, and you know, it it was um, a little bit of sort of a windy road, but it all kind of connected. You know, one one opportunity led to the next and just really proud of um, the people and the relationships and the experience um, that I was able to kind of garner along the way. So, Alex, you wasted little time in leading the Corn Ferry Tour forward back in 2019, midway through the first year. An umbrella sponsor change was made as the organizational consulting firm Corn Ferry became the new name of the tour. How did you and your leadership team orchestrate that monumental move in the middle of the season? Yeah, it was um, it was fortuitous. Certainly, uh, I had started the job in. Um, I, I was asked to take the opportunity on at the very end of January. I filled the role. I started in my position on February fourth. Um, and um, I was on a plane two weeks later to Los Angeles for an introductory meeting with Corn Ferry. And they were sort of dipping their toe into thinking about kind of sponsorship, right? What could it be for their brand? And being part of a developmental league or platform, um, you know, they are super focused on supporting people on their journey and realizing their potential. And so um, they had kind of had an, an agency call and and were, were, again, fielding ideas and had sort of put the feelers out there that if there was the right opportunity that fit with their commitment to development and potential, um, they would be curious and interested in learning more. So, um, as I said, you know, mid-February, I think it was like the 15th of February, we were on a plane to LA. I went with a few of my colleagues here at the PGA Tour. Um, and we, it was a really crazy flight. We were um, on our way from Atlanta to LA and um, a lightning bolt hit the airplane. I know this is sort of a crazy tangent. Um, oh. I, don't love, I don't love to fly um, as it is. <laughs> and I literally thought like that was it. Like it was the scariest moment ever. Um, and the whole everyone on the plane was totally freaked out. The pilot never said a word. And it was, again, it was sort of this little lesson, like no matter how chaotic it is, like sometimes there's the moment where you reassure people, but sometimes there's the moment where, you know what? 
the the pilots were in control. They knew that there wasn't sort of any damage or repercussions or concerns, and there really wasn't even a need to make it more than it was. So it was sort of this moment where we all kind of scratched our heads. We all remembered it, and um, we touched down. We went. We met with a corn ferry tour team, corn ferry team, and there were just a lot of heads that were nodding, and it made a lot of sense. Um, and it was really, really striking how similar our missions, our purpose, the role that we play um, in in people's lives, in organizations, in businesses, and. Um, it was a mad dash at that point to kind of find all the elements and 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 really kind of create um, a program that was really kind of um, true and authentic to who we are, and that would provide Corn Ferry that audience and that brand value and that brand recognition and that brand awareness to that C-suite um, and those business decision makers. And we were able to kick it off by the Utah Championship, um, which at the time was in. I want to, I can't remember, was it sort of a, I can't remember, it was a, it was a June date. Actually. I can tell it, you exactly when it was. It was the Alex. week after Wichita. No, it was the week of Wichita. It was the Wednesday of Wichita because the first three days I was sending out, that's right. That's right. you know, web.com stuff. And then all of a sudden Wednesday hit, the announcement hit. And so we had to, turn it right around in, into yeah. corn fair and and actually if in case you're on you know some trivia show um it's the second time that the corn fairy tour has transitioned sponsorships at in the middle of the wichita week so we went from buy.com to nationwide. nationwide yeah so i don't know whenever you do it i guess i, I guess wichita is the place to do it right i guess so yeah. So what's it what, from a leadership perspective? Because, again, there's so many moving parts, Alex, to that, because all of a sudden, um, you, you, just, just small things, T markers, um, you know, signage. And there's so many other things behind that. It had to have been a, a leadership challenge. How do you rally the troops? How do you coordinate? How do you teamwork that with with your team to to make um, something like that happened in the middle of the year. We got a really good team yeah. um, and we've done it before. Uh, there's been a lot of kind of, you know, there's there's been a lot of change from a naming convention. So the good news is we had already some sort of built in um, efficiencies and experience and um, adapting a little bit to the new technologies and some of the new, um, you know, more modernized brand applications. Um, but it was um, it was flawless in terms of how it executed. I mean, I was super proud of how it turned over. The team, you know, has a really good tight rein on all the elements and all the pieces and all the communication. Um, it was really, really well done. And um, we have a great team. We all it's not one person. It's it's it is an incredible team effort. Yeah, it takes a village, doesn't it? It does. It really yeah, does. Yeah, it really does. So let's talk about work work life balance. So Oprah Winfrey, Susan Wojcicki, who's the CEO of YouTube, yeah. Shark Tanks, uh, Damon John, and former COO of Facebook, Sheryl Sandberg, all speak about work life balance. Alex, I know that uh, that balance is important to you and your leadership style. Talk about what a familial environment means to you and your team at the Corn Ferry Tour. 
Oh, it's huge. I mean, first of all, balance to me like is not a, a perfect um, there's there's no perfection in balance. OK, and I think there's we there, it, it, it is, you know, uh, it's we put so much pressure on ourselves to have everything perfect and have this pursuit of, OK, I'm going to work for this amount of hours and I'm going to spend this amount of my time. With my, it, it doesn't work that way. Right. Like I think the grace the adapt that we can give ourselves the adaptability. I think just understanding there are going to be days that you're working at longer. There are going to be weekends that you do have to sacrifice some things. Um, but when you have the time and when you have the moments um, to put in practice personally, I think you need to have really good habits. And I'm a big proponent of the book Atomic Habits and small little things. I carry a journal in my book. If there's something I hear or something I I gather from a podcast or a book or from this conversation and I just jot it down and whether I read it again or whether it's just the act of writing it down to remember and emphasize something, um, it's I work out. I didn't work out this morning, so I'm a little like, oh, I still feel like <laughs> I have to work out every day. I just, I, I, it's important for me, for my mental health. Those are the little things that kind of give me a, a place. But you know what? Like, there's also, like, I've been traveling, my kids have been gone, and I had it in my head that this is our weekend, that we're going to all be together. And you know what? Like, my son's like, hey, I'm actually going to stay an extra day with an old friend of ours from Boston, and and that's okay. Like, that's okay. Um, you got to let go a little bit of trying to control everything um, and just, you know, taking a breath, realizing that we're human and don't I don't want people to stress out that they have to have balance. Like I just I, I get a little like I'm not crazy about that. I just think it's like take care of yourself, take care of people around you. And the point of family, like if you can create an environment and a culture that has that built into it, then that is also balance. Right. Like nobody needs to be going to work and being miserable. <laughs> like That's not good no. for anybody. Well, for anybody. I like how you model that, though, because, you know, it really starts from the top. And because there's a lot of leaders out there that will say something, but they don't model it. And, you know, it, it all starts with that influence. So hats off to you for, for being that model. All right. And, here we go. Alex. And, and the last thing is oh. we all need to have more fun. Just have fun. Word. It's okay to have fun at work, right? Like oh, shame it, on you. I really? know. Like, I love. Speaking of fun, yes. You, I mean, you must have uh, read the transcript of of the show leading up to it because now we're well. It's all fun. Any time I spend with you is fun. But we're at the point in the show where we get to know Alex Baldwin. Right. Okay. So okay. I'm going to ask a question or ask you to pick between two things. Okay. Two of your hobbies are golf and rowing. You're yep. very good at both. So this segment yep. will be weighted heavily on those two areas. So I'm going to, I'm going to pre-warn you. I'm not a great you, golfer. I'm not a great no golfer. points awarded. Okay. No prizes earned. Okay. So are, okay. You, are you ready to do this? Yeah, All right, here it. we go. Who's the most famous person you've played golf with? Uh, I, oof. I played, I mean, Taylor Moore at the Wichita and Wichita at the Pro-Am. Nice. That's yeah. a good love, Taylor. I don't play a ton of like Pro-Am yeah. or celebrity golf. I've yeah. played with Brad Faxon. Um, you know, I'd say, yeah. I wish I had his putting stroke. What's your favorite golf course in the world? 
St. Andrews. Love it. What intimidates you more, a downhill four-foot putt or a 150-yard shot over water? 150-yard shot over water. What water? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Kathy Whitworth or Annika Sorenstam? Kathy Whitworth. Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods? Tiger. Would you rather have the satisfaction of hitting the green on the iconic par 3 17th hole at TPC at Sawgrass or hitting the famous par 5 13th at Augusta National in two? Augusta National in two. Love it. All right. Sweep rowing or sculling? Sweep. It, it, briefly, explain the difference. One or versus two. Gotcha. All right. Single skulls or eights? Eight. Oh. When was uh, women's rowing introduced into the Olympic competition? 1976 or 1984? 76. Correct. What's the most recent book you have read or reading currently? I'm reading, uh, I just finished uh, Green Lights, which is the Matthew McConaughey memoir. And I'm currently reading a fiction book called Horse. I'm into memoirs. Um, I listened to a podcast by Jay Shetty. It's called On Purpose. And Jay sort of made the point, like, we live in this world of social media where you just see a picture or a moment in time from a person or a celebrity. And you kind of take, you create a narrative and you create a story. Like, instead of just having this snapshot moment, like, get to know the person. Understand their journey. What were their challenges? What was the adversity they faced? What did they overcome? Why are they successful? Who are they at the heart? Like, what is their, what makes them tick? Just don't, don't settle for just a picture. Get to know yeah. people. Peel the I onion that was, back. That, that was really powerful, right? Like, I, no, I love, I love it. Peel the onion back. All yeah. right. What is your dream foursome, you and three other people, dead or alive? Uh, I'll have fun with this. This is my son, Max. Love playing okay. with my son, Max. He's the best. And you got to play with Tiger. I mean, sure. And you got, and you know, I adore. I mean, I'm very sort of uh, Scotty Scheffler. Oh, love Scotty Scheffler. Love him. All right, now you're hosting that same group of people for dinner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What What will you prepare for dinner? Pizza night. I have a uh, specialty. It's the Scheffler family is very fond of the barbecue chicken pizza. So I've gotten to know Scotty's parents and his sisters quite well. And so we would we would definitely I have a pizza oven in my backyard and I would definitely the barbecue chicken pizza would be a featured uh, menu item for sure. All right. There you there you have it. Getting to know Alex Baldwin. No prizes awarded. No money earned. You get nothing and you'll like it. <laughs> All right. Alex, back to the rant. So every conversation I have on what leaders want will include the topic, my most impactful leadership moment or leadership period of time. So that moment or period of time actually coincided with your new role with the Corn Ferry Tour back in 2019. Tell us about that impactful period and how it unfolded for you. Um, I think, you know, there there have been quite a few in the five years of my tenure here. You know, I, you know, first the, the opportunity itself and being presented 
and asked to take the role was a bit of a surprise at first. I think I, you know, I had had uh, my 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 experience included being a player agent. I had worked on the tournament side from a sales revenue and um, tournament experience. I have um, worked on the agency side for brands representing title sponsors, official marketing partners, and then I had an opportunity to work um, at the tour with our corporate partners. And um, as much as a surprise as it was initially, I think I realized the experience that I have had in dealing with players, in dealing with tournaments, in dealing with brands um, and media partners kind of quickly made me realize, you know what, I I, I have the, the cornerstone experience and exposure and understanding of the business, the areas that I need to kind of ramp up on from a rules and competitions, agronomy, um, you know, just kind of deeper understanding of the tour, managing a tour, right? That all, you know, with great, great people. And so, you know, being able to jump in and um, there was a lot of of anxiety. Um, there was certainly a lot of um, concern, you know, I, I, you know, a little bit of the imposter syndrome. Um, but I was really fortunate in that the community and the family and dynamic, our tour is really, really special. And that came long before me and will exist long after me. Um, and there is a culture to the markets where we play, the history, um, uh, the tournament operators that we work with, um, just an appreciation for where we sit right in this in the journey where we are in that player path um that makes us a bit of a warmer place that makes us um a bit more of a heart there's a little more of a heartbeat there's a little bit more you're 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 playing for you're not playing for money you're playing for for something bigger than that you're playing for your future and so um all of that helped to kind of get to the transition and to ease into sort of where um, I feel really comfortable and confident today where I sit. Um, I would say what I love um, is, and and what I, I love a challenge, right? I love, I love, I love to see growth happen. And um, we were faced, you know, I'm, I'm in my position in 2019, got our 2020 season off to one of the best starts ever. And then, you know, the world came to a screeching, screeching halt by the middle of March. And um, as much as that was a difficult period of time, I will say it was one of the greatest moments for us as a team to come together and, and face adversity, to face the challenge of it all, and to come out really, you know, as one of the leaders in sports and how we came back, how we returned, the way our tournaments responded, the things that they were willing to do, how they managed through, how we capitalized on a moment in time in our sport that brought golf back um, in in many respects um, to kind of public interest and and engagement. So um, I would say in those moments of impact, you have to be really comfortable with challenge, you have to be comfortable in the uncomfortable, right? And um, and and understand that like there's 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 always going to be right. You can't have the good without some of the bad. You can't appreciate the good without some of the bad. And um, the more you get comfortable with that, the better you will be, and the better the people around you will feel in managing through those circumstances. Alex, you are constantly advocating for women and minorities in the sports industry. You currently serve on the executive leadership team, inclusion leadership council, and the historically black colleges and universities task force of the PGA tour. 
Where does that desire and drive come from to be that important role model for women and minorities sure. in the sports sure. industry? Listen, I mean, I vividly know what it was like, and I still know what it's like to be the only woman in a room. And I know what, you know, the insecurities and the worry and the um, that 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 feeling of like, am I good enough? Right. Am I smart enough? Do I? Um, and listen, we it, it, it's not an equal playing field. And um, we all people are complicated. Life is really, really hard. And, you know, we all have gifts. Right. And, you know, I truly care about people and I want to help people and I want to support them. And um, I think that being in a position to provide others opportunity to be in a position to help people um, is an important thing that every single one of us needs to think about every day. And um the more I can do that, whether it's through formalized programs, whether that's through just the time and attention, whether it's reminders to our, you know, um, our colleagues and ideas, like I'm all in. I'm all in on that. So, Alex, I've been honored to volunteer for the Corn Ferry Tour in Wichita, Kansas for 34 years. I, I started love it. when I was about 12, by the way. Um, I remember Tom Lehman winning the inaugural Wichita Open back in 1990. That's amazing. He's had a pretty fair career, right? He has, yeah. And you're always going to be able to sort of share that, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I love it. And so other Wichita winners have been, you know, David Duvall, David Toms, Jason Duffner, Bing Crane, and, and a few others who have gone on to win multiple times on the PGA Tour and win majors. So share your thoughts on how the Corn Ferry Tour has contributed to the overall success of the world of golf. We have such a unique, okay, like our mission is to identify, prepare, and transition the next generation of PGA Tour stars. Okay, we as a tour are where the best players in the world come to achieve their dream of reaching the highest level of professional golf. Okay, we have a responsibility to prepare these guys. We have a responsibility to develop them competitively inside the ropes, but also help them understand their role and their responsibility outside the ropes. People like you, the volunteers, communities like Wichita, allow us to have a little bit of an incubator and that kind of reset moment before they get to the tour and candidly in some respects for the guys that have have struggled and want need to reestablish themselves coming back to an environment that has a little bit more of that warmth and that connectivity and that support helps a lot of guys kind of get their feet back under them and helps them get back to the PGA tour and Max Homa is one of those guys. Lonto Griffin is one of those guys. Um, the stories, the the volunteers, the staff, the people, the spectators that be- begin to have those connections with those players, that's really awesome. You have the ability to tell that story for, you know, and 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 be able to talk about all these past champions and 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 even guys that aren't past champions that you have come across with and you've um become a fan of over kind of the course of time. So um what we do is we 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 really support these guys, you know, and and there's a reason why nine out of ten guys that play on the PGA tour came from the Corn Ferry Tour. We're fulfilling our mission. 
and we want to see them win tournaments. We want to see them play well at majors, and we want to see them take home those season-ending awards, whether it's the FedEx Cup trophies, whether it's the Rookie of the Years, whether it's being you know, a player's champion. Those are all things that validate the work that you and I do you know, every week and, and, and gives us that purpose. And, and, you you know, that purpose is, is I'm listening to you uh, talk about it. So, you know, over 34 years, I've seen the likes of Justin Thomas and Scotty Scheffler. um, But I've also said, you know, you touched upon this tour gives the the Lee Jansons, um, the Mike Weirs an opportunity to sharpen their skills. And look what Mike Weir has done on the champions tour. He's, he's done quite well. And so it, it you you've got both ends of the spectrum, and that's that to me that's that's one of of the things that that really gives me energy each and every year as I I return as a volunteer and not only that but the fact that we put you know about three hundred thousand dollars of of charity dollars uh, back to the youth of, of Wichita so it's just a a fantastic uh, model Huge. so Alex let, yeah it really is so. Let me ask you this. If you yeah. were to sit down today and have a discussion with Alex Baldwin 25 to 30 years ago, what pearls of advice would you give her? First, I'd say trust your gut because you did pretty well, kid. Um, I would say don't be so hard on yourself. I really beat myself up there. There were there were a lot of long nights that I didn't need to work that late i was really hard on myself particularly after i had the kids the worst time was the time that i needed to probably take care of myself more i um was so afraid of losing the equity that i had built and losing the position and the authority and the you know not trusting the fact that um i had worked this hard to gain kind of a position and stature in my in my work world, my professional world, that it was okay to be a little vulnerable, to be, you know, the person that um, needed a little bit of time that 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 set a better balance. Um, I would, yeah, I would, I would, but you know what, Jay, like we, we learn this stuff over time. Even if I had given myself that advice, would I have listened? Probably not. There's a reason why, you know, honestly, your 50s are your best years. Because you've you've got a little more of that quiet confidence. You have that perspective. And no matter how much I try and tell my kids and try and sort of sprinkle that little wisdom, you got to live life. Yeah. You know, what's what's interesting about that, you, you never know if your words are are hitting close to home or not. I've been at lucky not 100% of my kids but 75% of my kids in their early 20s have come to me and said dad thanks thanks for being that you know thanks for being hard on me when you needed to be hard on me uh when i was growing up i didn't understand it at the time um so i i, I guess my advice to 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 me you anybody out there is and, and you've said it already in the last 25, you know, follow your heart, follow your gut, have these crucial conversations with people that you care about. And, um, you know, it's amazing, you know, you'll be surprised at how many of those words stick. Yeah. Um, 
So thank you for that insight. And Alex, thanks for your time today, sharing your thoughts about leadership. It, it really was a, a an honor to to get to know you better. I've I've met you on a, a couple of occasions. I've enjoyed that, but I've really enjoyed our time together today. And thank you for your questions. You know, like it is um that they were really it was really refreshing, Jay. I have to say, you did sort of not only the preparation, but just sort of the way um, you approach the conversation, I think is it was unique. And, and I've done a lot of these. I thought that was really, really well done. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, thanks, Alex. Friends, that's a wrap. We'll put a bow on this episode of What Leaders Want. Today's podcast is sponsored by Canadis 3, the experts in leadership development, coaching, and consulting. Canadis 3 develops people into leaders of people. So until we meet again, remember if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you, my friends, are a leader. Bye now.